Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This is the Chris Gordy Show. Number two, the Chris Gordy Show underway, Sports 1280 New Orleans. Good to have you guys with us. And it's been a while since I talked to this guy. Always love catching up with him. And man, there is a lot of basketball to talk about. <laughs> we talk about free agency uh, about to get underway. All the moves that the Pelicans have made this offseason. Zion Mania coming to New Orleans. Bill Horenda on Twitter, at Bill Horenda, a longtime NBA contributor, college basketball analyst of the ESPN family and networks. This guy's done it all, seen it all, done it all, been covering the NBA for a long, long time. Bill, good to talk with you, man. Long time, no no talk. Absolutely, Chris. My pleasure to be with you. And, of course, there is always more to learn about this great game. And you're right, we've got a lot to cover uh, as NBA free agency looms and will commence on Sunday. So I'm curious just to get your thoughts, Bill. We, we talk about the, the night and day difference from where this Pelicans team was back in February when things were kind of going sideways. There were a handful of games outside of a playoff spot. The offense was still good, but the defense was lacking. They had some injuries. Alfred Payton couldn't stay healthy. And that's when Anthony Davis comes out and says, you know what? I know I got a year and a half left of my deal, but I want to make it be, make it be known that I'd like to be traded. I don't want to be on this team anymore. And... So far, you know, we were kind of looking at it and going, all right, well, this is rock bottom. We've hit rock bottom. This team, they're going to lose the franchise player. They're not making the playoffs. We had high hopes for this season. And it it was dark times in New Orleans. Fast forward just six months later and look at what we've transpired into. The hiring of David Griffin, one of the bright minds in basketball to come in and run the organization. All the hires he's made underneath him. Lucking into winning the draft lottery that gets you Zion Williamson. Just your thoughts on the last six months on on what's happened with this Pelicans franchise? Well, I think this personifies, Chris, life in the NBA. We thought it was the Warriors' hegemony. That has changed, of course, in part due to injury. But you can go back even further, right? This is a Pelicans team that swept the Blazers uh, before this all occurred, right, last season. So it is uncanny. And what struck me about David Griffin is just when we thought that it was tough to get back talent, and he got copious talent back uh, for Anthony Davis. You, know, you look back at Paul George, and people uh, kind of scratch their heads on that. But, of course, Oladipo exploded. You go back, uh, DeMarcus Cousins, uh, maybe the Kings didn't get much, and Buddy Heald emerges. But here you've got, again, copious uh, talent in, in exchange for uh, Anthony Davis. So the future, and I think the core, is particularly solid uh, with Zion, of course, and Jackson Hayes and Walker Alexander, uh, Silva out of Brazil. Uh, There's still gaps to fill, but I was just very impressed in how Griff was able to kind of flip, you know, that fourth pick for even more assets. Uh, So I think that New Orleans is very well positioned uh, to, you know, play off contend and and to, to be even better 
uh, as that young core matures. Still gaps, though, of course, particularly shooting in the wing position. But there are free agents out there like Rudy Gay, Harrison Barnes, Tobias Harris, and Griff has cap space. I'm curious to get your thoughts. I mean, look, Zion Mania has already taken over in New Orleans. It, it, the draft night was just a caveat. I mean, it was like the, the night that they won the lottery, that's when everybody got excited and, I mean, basically celebrated for four weeks leading up to the actual drafting of him. But I was just so impressed with the kid. He's so humble. He's so mature for his age. 19, still, or 18, about to be 19 in a week or so. Um, just seems like he's years ahead of, of, of his actual age. But I'm curious, the basketball uh, player, what are we getting in the basketball player, and how quickly do you think he's going to be able to adapt? Because I would say expectations for this year should be simply learn. Learn as much as you can, get your feet wet, and nobody's going to have high expectations for him. But if he is this big-time player that people have compared to LeBron or even Anthony Davis coming out, um, you know, how quickly does the light uh, flick on in his head? How quickly does the game adapt? So I'm curious what you think expectations-wise for his rookie season for, for Zion Williamson. Well, well, Chris, first of all, you've got to love the emotion and the humility uh, that was evident on draft night from Zion and many kids who were drafted. And then when you think about transition, I was fortunate enough to be at the TPG Pro Scout School in Las Vegas at Summer League last year. And if you listen to Jack Sigma, who works with the Toronto Bigs, what are the transitions for bigs into the NBA? Okay, well, playing hard is a, is a skill. We all know, know that in the league. That's something that you know, you've got to measure up to. The speed, playing in more space. You're playing versus men. The IQ has to evolve. You have to fit with your team. These are the things that I'm sure Alvin Gentry and his staff will try to usher Zion into. And also, you know, obviously, I, I mean, he's a transformational player for that franchise. He passes the eye test, but like I tweeted out before this appearance, and I wrote about this on the eponymous website, BillHorenza.com, you know, John Calipari talks about the analytics that NBA people look to, and his defensive playmaking year one at Duke was 1.89. Okay, what's that? It's blocks plus steals divided by fouls. Now, what does Calipari say? He said it on my brother's radio show. My brother's a head coach, at, uh, head basketball coach at FDU. If it's one or better, you're big. Okay, he was 1.89. If you are a power forward, small forward, or center, and your assisted turnover ratio is one-to-one, you have a chance to be a star in the league. What was Zion one year at Duke? He was .9. Okay, you know that would have improved if he had stuck around. So I mention these numbers because, of course, he passes the eye test, but there are also analytics underlying why everyone is so sanguine about him being a pro. And I think you're... Uh, estimation of expectations is spot on, Chris, in that it's just about learning uh, and, and improving and acclimating to the NBA lifestyle, not superhuman expectations in his rookie year. Well, the fun, the funny thing is, Bill, they get started here uh, in a week on uh, the, the NBA Summer League, and they've already sold out, and I'm reading just now reading online, uh, tickets on the secondary market are going for up to 150, 150 bucks just to get in the door to see the Pelicans Knicks first summer league game next Friday night. I mean, a summer league game, Bill. So it, expectations and, and excitement for Zion go far, you know, far further than just New Orleans. I mean, we're talking about a Vegas summer league. They're selling out tickets to see this kid. Yeah, that is uncanny. And that's the power of his brand, right? I mean, he is just, you know, a, uh, uh, a ubiquitous fixture uh, in basketball has not played in the league yet, right? Not one play, 
but it's not surprising. And it's great, uh, obviously, for the city of New Orleans and for the franchise and to have, you know, just the optimism, the excitement, the anticipation. Uh, and, and also, Chris, I think this is a beautiful honeymoon. You know, you hear people like George Carl talk about, you know, expectations and potential. Those are things that get coaches fired. But here you've just got the alignment, right, of ownership, basketball ops management, coaching, and the players all headed in the right direction. And that's not just in theory or talk or on some memo. That is, you know, the reality. And I wrote about this on my webpage as well as far as NBA free agency. And, you know, Jeff Van Gundy talked recently on Mike Lupica's podcast about it's a player's league, he was asked by Lupica. And his response was, yes, but it's a, quote, who picks the players' league? Okay, and those things are, are vital. Those people that are charged with selecting the roster, only four ways to improve the draft, skill development, trades, and free agency. And, of course, Pels fans, they're sleeping well these days with, with Griffin at the helm. <laughs> no doubt. And, and obviously, I mean, the other hires, bringing Trajan Langdon from the Nets to be the GM, a well-respected guy who's worked over, you know, overseas internationally uh, for many years. And then Swin Cash, one of the uh, respected minds from oh, coming over from the WNBA, worked with David in the media, and um, and then going and hiring one of the best uh, trainers uh, in the league from Phoenix. I mean, he really has acquired such a great staff. It's hard not to be excited about where New Orleans is headed in the near future. And that said, a lot of their future is invested in the Lakers messing this up and the Lakers being bad in the next couple of years because obviously they own their draft picks and also the right to swap picks. I'm curious your thoughts on what the Lakers have done in acquiring Anthony Davis, but man, they have gutted that roster. And I was joking, just looking at their roster right now, it's literally three guys, Anthony Davis, LeBron, and Kyle Kuzma. Now they have enough after this deal yesterday with the Wizards to sign a third max player, but I just question that decision because if you're not able to get Kawhi that everybody's going, you know, uh, has their eye on, there's a big drop off from a Kawhi Max deal to say a D'Angelo Russell or Kemba Walker Max deal. And I just wonder how you're going to fill out the rest of that roster. Bill, we've seen it every year. The Warriors, despite their stud, you know, starting five, they got, they had a good bench. And without that good bench, they wouldn't have won some of these titles. So, I just wonder where you are on the Lakers right now as currently constructed and where you think they're going to go in free agency. Well, this is a scenario, I think this was a trade of convenience for, for both parties. Because if Griffin was not able to convince Anthony Davis to stick around, he's got to make a move. The Lakers have a short window with LeBron James as he ages. And, of course, we saw his uh, propensity for injury the first time really in his career last season. So both teams, in my estimation, had to get something done. So from that standpoint, uh, I think it makes sense for the Lakers, but they certainly are betting on the right now. And they are betting on the fact that they can convince some or one or maybe two of these top-tier free agents, whether that's Kemba Walker, whether the money's there for that, uh, you know, guys like that or Kawhi that they're reportedly in on the sweepstakes, as are the Clippers. And of course, the incumbent, the Raptors. And I, I think your point is very well taken on Swing Cash and Langdon and building out the front office because we know, and Fran Fraschilla will say this, there are 25 stars in the league, but then there are the rest are role players, albeit highly paid. So when you look at Jokic, your 41st pick, Ginobili, 57th, 
How about guys undrafted, Van Vliet, Torrey Craig, getting quality minutes for the Nuggets in the playoffs? So you're right in that it's critical for the Lakers to, to attract max-level free agency. But I mentioned the depth that you indicated about the Pelicans' uh, front office because you need to secure the best possible talent, and it's not always familiar names. And those folks play vital roles. Again, it's a who-picks-the-players league, and the Lakers, it's, it's about winning right now. They're going to have to get it done in a hurry. And I think it was the right move for them, uh, but again – it's got to get done. If they don't get it done, that franchise could be in trouble for a while. Yeah, like I said, we'll all be watching from New Orleans saying, hey, uh, we hope this does go sideways with them because we have, we have a vested interest. We need them to stink because uh, we own their future. So uh, that'll be really interesting to see how it plays out. Uh, Bill, with free agency getting underway Sunday night, uh, you know, i got to imagine a lot of the big names and the dominoes are going to start to fall. In your mind, what's the biggest, I mean, outside of Kawhi, and where he goes, I mean, what are you looking forward to most with free agency and seeing how this plays out? Yeah, I guess, you know, the whole Kyrie Irving situation, and if that does end up being Brooklyn, and of course, Kevin Durant. Uh, what What is his perspective, uh, especially now with the injury, which will knock him out for the most part for most of next season, if not all of it? And I think from that standpoint, it's about Durant. Does he go somewhere else? to prove that he can turn around a franchise like the New York Knicks or take a franchise like Brooklyn, which has made great strides, and you're, you're lucky to have Langdon down there in New Orleans, does he go in that direction uh, to establish a winner as opposed to joining a winner in the Warriors? So those are the things that I'm mostly curious about. But then there are second-tier guys, too, uh, you know, Tobias Harris, Chris Middleton, those guys are difference makers. And remember, Rick Pitino on his podcast talked about the fact that unless you have three-and-a-half shooters on the floor at all times, it's going to be difficult to win. And also, I'd be remiss not to mention UB Brown. He talks about in college, you can hide two bad defensive players. You can only hide one in the NBA. And remember this, the last champion outside of the top ten in defensive rating the 01 Lakers. They were 21st. Now, the Warriors were 11th by a fraction last season. But again, if you're serious about getting better in the NBA, you've got to be in the top 10 in defensive rating. So you've got to look at free agents, skill development, trades, and the draft. Are these moves helping your defense? Because it remains vital. I know it's got to be a balanced league. You've got to have scoring as well, but you certainly still need defense. Uh, more than ever in today's league. It is a really interesting time, Bill, when you look around the NBA because the teams that stunk aren't going to stink anymore. I mean, or at least the the arrows pointed upward. When you start to look at some of these teams, um, you know, I I was like looking at the Bulls, like, okay, they got at least three young players that they can get excited about with with Kobe White going in there. You know, the Sacramento Kings are a team that took steps forward last year, kind of got closer to 500, and they got a good young core of De'Aaron Fox, Buddy Heald, and Marvin Bagley. So I start to look at some of these teams, Bill, and I say, you know, we're used to being top-heavy, but it's starting to look like the NBA's maybe starting to balance out a little bit, that some of these teams that have struggled and not been good in recent years are going to start to get much better. Yeah, I I, I totally agree. And I think that's, uh, you know, really exciting because I think each team has a story and has an opportunity to, to get better. Uh, and Sacramento, I, I did not see that coming at all last season. 
And I really like Justin James, the kid they drafted out of Wyoming. Uh, you know, this is a kid. I know they had selected Kyle Guy uh, from Virginia and then also a player from Serbia with the final pick in the draft. But, you know, James is a kid who, you know, averaged five points per game his freshman year, then scored over 2,000 at Wyoming. I had them a couple of times over the last couple of years from a broadcasting standpoint. And Alan Edwards was a terrific player at the University of Kentucky. Uh, and also a South Florida guy like Justin James. So, yeah, there are great stories uh, and areas of improvement, and I think this is what will keep everyone hungry, Chris, because it's a very volatile, fickle world, the NBA. So you can be on top and in the playoff hunt one season, and then you know you can take a step back the next. And I think that's going to be a team like Sacramento. That's going to be their challenge, coaching change, can they maintain their level of play? And they shot the three great. They played at a tremendous pace. And for a time, they were terrific in clutch games. They were one of the top teams in the NBA, but that faded along with their defense uh, over the course of last season. So, you know, Dallas is going to be better, uh, of course. So uh, it'll be exciting. It always is. And now, as you know, it's a, it's a year-round topic, the NBA. It just continues to evolve. It never stops. I'm curious. We, we touched on Kevin Durant a few minutes ago. It's I can't remember a time like this, uh, Bill, where a big name free agent like this is going to get a max deal, knowing he's not going to play at all next year. So somebody is going to pay Kevin Durant thirty million dollars next year to be a bench warmer. I just can't remember a scenario that played out like this, knowing you're paying a guy that's not going to play at all this year. Yeah, I, I can't either. And I remember, you know, Bernard King. You know, tearing his ACL and back in the day, that was a devastating injury to come back from. But I don't believe that was his contract year uh, that that unfortunate injury occurred. Uh, and again, I think here uh, it's a calculated risk uh, that teams will evaluate. And we've seen players uh, bounce back from this injury now, whether it's Wesley Matthews or Rudy Gay, uh, so DeMarcus Cousins albeit uh, DeMarcus, to his credit, you know, worked through those injuries to get back for the playoffs, but didn't exactly look like himself. Uh, but uh, so, yeah, from that, from that standpoint, uh, you know, you just hope for the best. And you know he's going to be diligent about his rehab. And it's a real uh, stretch, I think, of recognition that it's the organization in its entirety. You mentioned the Pelicans training situation. So it, it's, you know, Ownership, management, coaching, training, nutrition. Uh, really, you have to run the whole ga- gambit to run an efficient and successful organization in the NBA. And I think this is another example of that. <laughs> a last thing for you, Bill, and I know we kind of touched on it a little bit earlier, but uh, back on to the Pelicans. They're in this weird scenario, right? Where you got all these young kids, you got Zion, you got all these new, all these draft picks from this year that you want to try to build around for the future. But you also have Drew Holiday, who's in the middle of his prime, still very much a good player. And so that's why some people kind of look at this team and go, well, if Zion starts to click from from day one, maybe this is a playoff team this year. Maybe it's not, oh, give them two, three, four years. Uh, but that said, they've got $30 million in cap space to go spend, or, you know, 20 to $30 million in cap space to go spend on, on somebody. They could go get a big-name guy. I'm curious in your mind who you think would fit. I mean, we've heard the name Tobias Harris has been out there that a lot of people are interested in. We've heard you know everything from Al Horford to you know now K- uh, Kevon Looney uh, reports that the Pelicans are interested in him. Who do you think would fit alongside Zion and Drew Holiday in this offense? 
Yeah, I, I do. I, I like. I'm very high on Kevon Looney. He, he's a terrific young player. Uh, he's only going to get better, shooting a very high percentage uh, in the playoffs uh, and in the finals. Also, Horford, of course, is very solid. Uh, Tobias Harris is a scorer. To me, when I look at the depth chart, I think the wing area and shooting, again, is going to be vital. Uh, So guys like Rudy Gay, Harrison Barnes, and Tobias Harris, I think all of those players could be really good fits. And I think the balance on the roster, Chris, is critical to have some vets, a balance with the younger players. And I totally agree. I would not, never, ever put a ceiling on a player and what they're capable of and also what, on what teams are capable of because there, there's no reason why the Pelicans cannot be in playoff contention. And I will say this. I think it would be a disappointment if they're not in playoff contention this year. And I don't think that's too draconian uh, a statement to make. I think that they certainly – uh, I expect them to be in, in playoff contention, and I'm sure that Alvin Gentry and those players, uh, to a man, will expect that as well. Uh, we need a we need a seven seed Pelicans versus a two seed Lakers, and have the Pelicans upset them in the first round. I think that'd be phenomenal for storylines in the NBA. Those tickets would go for even higher than 150. <laughs> yeah, seriously. He is Bill Horenda. Follow him on Twitter at uh, Bill Horenda, longtime NBA contributor and analyst. Uh, Bill, it's been it's been way too long, man. We'll have to do this again real soon. Absolutely, Chris. My pleasure. Anytime. Absolutely. Uh, Bill Horenda there, longtime uh, NBA uh, contributor and analyst. Love getting his perspective on the game. And um, he's done it a long time, seen a lot, uh, you know, different perspective on, on things. And uh, we always appreciate getting him on and, and tremendous uh, insight into what's going to happen here in free agency. And, and you hear it. I mean, he's out there on the West Coast, but he's excited uh, about the prospects of this Pelicans team and how good they can be uh, in the future with Zion and whoever they were, they're able to add in free agency coming up in the next couple of weeks. It's Chris Gordy Show, Sports 1280. We went way long there, but it was good stuff. Grab a break here. We'll be back right after this. Stay with us. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.